Chapter 5 of Narrative of an Expedition to the Shores of the Arctic Sea in 1846 and 1847 by John Ray. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Phil Schempf. Chapter 5 Winter Arrangements Completed. Learn to Build Snow Houses. Christmas Day. North Pole River Frozen to the Bottom. 1st January cheerfulness of the men furious snowstorm observatories blown down boat buried under the snow Woolingbuck caught in the storm dog attacked by a wolf party of natives take up their residence near fort hope eskimo mentioned by sir john ross known to them boat dug out of the snow a runaway wife deer begin to migrate northward a wolf chase first deer of the season shot difficulty of deer hunting in spring dimensions of an eskimo canoe serious accident to ulingbuck a conjurer preparations for the journey northward temperature aurora borealis during december we completed our various buildings and formed passages under the snow so that we could without exposure go to any of them there were four houses viz one for provisions another for fuel a third for oil dogs meat etc and a fourth for the men's spare luggage for which there was no room in the dwelling house and which had been stowed in the tents until it was found necessary to take them down being desirous of requiring as little assistance from the eskimo as possible i attempted to build a snow house after the native fashion and succeeded tolerably well finding that the process was not so difficult as i anticipated after a few trials one or two of the men became very good masons we had now no encouragement to move much about as there was no game to be seen and the weather was very unsettled and consequently no more exercise was taken than was necessary to keep us in good health in stormy weather not being able to get out of doors the men wrestled or played some game which called the muscles into action and thus kept up the animal heat on the twenty first the sun's lower limb rose about double his diameter above the rising ground to the southward on a level with fort hope on the twenty third and twenty fourth whilst looking out some good venison for our christmas dinner we examined our stock of such provisions and found that we had not enough to last us until the return of the deer in spring fortunately we still had a good supply of pemmican left christmas day was passed very agreeably but the weather was so stormy and cold that only a very short game at football could be played short as it was however it was sufficiently amusing for our faces were every moment getting frost-bitten either in one place or another so as to require the continual application of the hand and the rubbing running about and kicking the ball at the same time produced a very ludicrous effect our dinner was composed of excellent venison and a plum pudding with a moderate allowance of brandy punch to drink a health to absent friends for some time past washing the face had been rather an unpleasant operation as any water that got among the hair froze upon it immediately this is mentioned by sir george back as having occurred once to him at fort reliance in eighteen thirty three on the twenty eighth north pole river got frozen to the bottom so that we were forced to go to a lake to the southwest of beacon hill about half a mile distant for water 
the first of january was as beautiful a day as we could have wished to begin the new year with there was a light air of wind and the temperature varied from minus twenty three degrees to minus twenty six degrees after a most excellent breakfast of fat venison steaks all the party were occupied for some hours with a spirited game at football at which there was much fun the snow being so hard and slippery that several pairs of heels might be seen in the air at the same time my dinner consisted of part of a hare and a reindeer tongue with a currant pudding as second course the men's mess was much like my own except that they had venison instead of hare a small supply of brandy was served out and on the whole i do not believe that a more happy company could have been found in america large as it is tis true that an agreeable companion to join me in a glass of punch to drink a health to absent friends to speak of bygone times and speculate on the future might have made the evening pass more pleasantly yet i was far from unhappy to hear the merry joke the hearty laugh and lively song among my men was of itself a source of much pleasure on the seventh the tracks of a few deer were unexpectedly seen within a few miles of the house and on the following day the thermometer showed a temperature of minus forty seven degrees the lowest we experienced during the winter the ninth was a more disagreeable day than any we had yet had a storm from the north with thick snowdrift and a temperature of seventy two degrees below the freezing point made it feel bitterly cold fortunately we had some days before made a house for our dogs else they must have inevitably been frozen to death such was the force of the gale for two days that both observatories were completely demolished and wherever the snow-banks projected in the slightest degree above the surrounding level they were worn away by the friction of the snow-drift as if cut with a knife the thermometer indoors varied from twenty nine degrees to forty degrees below the freezing point which would not have been unpleasant where there was a fire to warm the hands and feet or even room to move about but where there was neither the one nor the other some few degrees more heat would have been preferable as we could not go for water we were forced to thaw snow and take only one meal each day my waistcoat after a week's wearing became so stiff from the condensation and freezing of my breath upon it that i had much trouble to get it buttoned the gale did not subside until the fifteenth when we were busily employed repairing the damages done by the wind and drift as a great weight of snow had lodged upon our boat we were afraid she might be injured by the pressure and some of the men were employed to search for her but there was some difference of opinion about her exact situation and it was two days before she was found after digging to the depth of eight feet a stick was set up at one end of the boat that there might be no difficulty in finding the place again one cause of discomfort to me was the great quantity of tobacco smoke in our low and confined house it being sometimes so thick that no object could be seen at a couple of yards distance the whole party with the exception of myself were most inveterate smokers indeed it was impossible to be awake for ten minutes during the night without hearing the sound of the flint and steel striking a light of course i might to a great extent have put a stop to this but the poor fellows appeared to receive so much comfort from the use of the pipe that it would have been cruelty to do so for the sake of saving myself a trifling inconvenience this month was so stormy that the most of our time when we could get out of doors was passed in clearing away the snow that drifted about our doors and over the house and in rebuilding and repairing 
the boat and also the stick that had been set up as a mark were completely covered over on the eighteenth ouligbuck had gone out to hunt and did not return until the twenty-fifth after i had given up all hopes of ever seeing him again in life it appeared that he had visited the eskimos at christie lake for the purpose of speaking to them about not having kept their promise regarding some oil that they said they would bring to us and which they had omitted to do he had been caught by the storm of the eighteenth before he reached his friends and was obliged to build a snow hut in which he passed the night comfortably enough on the following morning when it cleared up a little he found that he was not more than two hundred yards from his destination which the thickness of the weather on the previous day had prevented him from seeing one of the dogs we had lent this party to aid in drawing some provisions to the coast had a narrow escape from a wolf having broken loose she set out on her return home when she was attacked by the wolf and treated much in the same way that tam o'shanter's mare was by cutty sark for the wolf had caught her by the rump and left poor surrey scarce a stump on the last day of january some eskimo who were to take up their quarters near us arrived with part of their luggage and provisions and built their snow-house near the south side of beacon hill this would have been the best situation for our establishment as it was completely sheltered from the northerly gales but we were too late in making the discovery i visited the eskimo on the first february and found the old man named shishak and his wife in their comfortable house which was so warm that my waistcoat which had been frozen quite stiff for some time past actually thawed it was not easy to learn any of the peculiarities of these people as ouligbuck was rather shy about describing their habits ouligbuck's son informed me that even in winter they strip off all their clothes before going to bed when taking a walk on the third i passed near the eskimo and found one of them repairing the runners of his sledge the substance used was a mixture of moss chopped up fine and snow soaked in water lumps of which are firmly pressed on the sledge with the bare hand and smoothed over so as to have an even surface the process occupied the man nearly an hour during the whole of which time he did not put his hands in his mitts nor did he appear to feel the cold much although the temperature was thirty degrees below zero on the fourth ouligbuck set his gun for a wolf that had been prowling about for the last few days the usual mode is to fix the gun to two sticks with its muzzle pointed to a bait placed at the distance of fifteen or twenty yards with a line attached to it the other end of which is fastened to the trigger but ouligbuck's plan was quite different from this he enclosed the gun in a small snow-house in such a manner that there was nothing visible but the bait which was not more than a foot from the muzzle so that the shot could scarcely miss the head of the animal when ouligbuck went to his gun next morning he saw the track of the wolf and followed it to the dog kennel in which he had comfortably taken up his quarters he immediately took the brute by the tail and dragged him outside much against his will when he was soon dispatched with an ice chisel this animal was very large but in the last stage of starvation with a severe arrow or gunshot wound in one thigh he measured five feet nine inches from the nose to the tip of the tail the length of tail one foot seven inches and his height at the shoulder was two feet eight inches on the seventh a man named aki Ulik, who had promised us four seal skins of oil arrived and said that he could only let us have one because the bears had broken into his cache and devoured nearly all its contents this story i did not believe at the time and i afterwards found out that it was false 
i felt a good deal annoyed at the man's not keeping his promise because we had depended much upon this supply for fuel and light to save the former we had during part of the last month taken only one meal a day and discontinued the comfort of a cup of tea with our evening repast of oil our stock was so small that we had been forced to keep early and late hours namely lying occasionally fourteen hours in bed as we found that to sit up in a house in which the temperature was some degrees below zero without either light or fire was not very pleasant fortunately we all enjoyed excellent health and our few discomforts instead of causing discontent furnished us with subjects of merriment for instance hutcheson about this time had his knee frozen in bed and i believe the poor fellow who by the by was the softest of the party was afterwards very sorry for letting it be known as he got so heartily laughed at for his effeminacy on the ninth one of the eskimo women wife of kiktuu that came to see us had a brass wheel one and one-third to two inches in diameter fastened on her dress as an ornament it was evidently part of some instrument probably of some of those left by sir john ross at victoria harbour i wished to purchase it but she would not part with it fifteenth akiulik brought over a large and heavy hoop of iron which had been at one time round the rudder-head bowsprit end or masthead of a vessel as he said it had been taken off a large stick i did not buy it from him as he was in disgrace for having disappointed me about the oil about one p m on the same day a number of the natives paid us a visit among whom were Abvuchi, ivitchuk and utuuniak three of the most decent and best behaved of the party they brought us a quantity of venison of which they still had a large stock and some of which they were now willing to dispose of as they found that they had more than was requisite for their own consumption they had frequently seen ubluria ikmalik and some of the other eskimo mentioned by sir john ross and i also further learnt that the man with the wooden leg named tuluahiu was dead but how long since i could not discover the greater part of the men had been employed for the last fourteen days digging away the snow from the boat to relieve her from the pressure as she was covered up to the depth of more than twelve feet this was no easy task however we managed it in the following manner having cut a narrow opening through the snow down to the boat we erected a tackle over it and hoisted up the loose snow as it was removed with spades and axes after excavating a space the full length of the boat and clearing the snow out of it the bow and stern were alternately raised and the blocks of snow which were chopped from the top pushed underneath to prevent it sinking down again in this way the men could work without exposure and when the weather was stormy the hole was covered with a sail so that the snowdrift could not interfere with our labours we had yesterday got her close to the top of the snow roof and to-day the weather being fine she was hauled out and found to be uninjured except a small split in one of her thwarts caused by the great weight she was now placed in a situation where there was no danger of her being again drifted over the eskimo left us on the seventeenth having behaved themselves in the most exemplary manner one of akiulik's wives quite a young dame with a most interesting squint took this opportunity of leaving her husband and putting herself under the care of her father utuuniak the alleged cause of her dissatisfaction being that she did not get enough to eat the disconsolate man followed the party for some distance in hopes of persuading the runaway to return but without success 
our fuel getting rather scarce some of the men were sent to dig among the snow for moss and heather and they usually got as much in a day as would cook one meal but as the spring advanced and the snow began to disappear two men could procure as much as we required when the men were taking a walk after divine service on the twenty first they saw traces of five deer going northward on the twenty second turner commenced making two sledges for our spring journeys they were to be from six to seven feet long seventeen inches broad and seven inches high the only wood we had for this purpose was the battens with which the inside of our boats was lined it being necessary to nail three of them together to form runners of the required height a wolf was shot by uligbuck during the night within ten yards of the door of the house and six or eight more were seen at no great distance off in the morning twenty-third when taking my usual exercise i came upon a white owl feasting on a hare which it had killed after a severe struggle to judge by the marks in the snow half of it was already eaten another wolf was shot on the twenty fifth at a set gun but there was nothing of him to be found in the morning except a little hair and blood all the rest having been eaten or carried off by his companions some more deer tracks were seen going northward on the twenty sixth the height of beacon hill was found to be two hundred and thirty eight feet above the level of the sea at aft flood next day nibitabo saw thirty deer and ten partridges but only shot two of the latter the former were in the middle of a large plain and took good care to keep out of gunshot much to the annoyance of our deer hunter who is one of the keenest sportsmen i have ever met with there were two wolves wounded by uligbuck's gun last night one of which he caught before breakfast i went with him after the other in the forenoon and got sight of him about three miles from the house although his shoulder was fractured he gave us a long race before we ran him down but at last we saw that he had begun to eat snow a sure sign that he was getting fagged when i came up with him so tired was he that i was obliged to drive him on with the butt of my gun in order to get him nearer home before knocking him on the head at last we were unable to make him move on by any means we could employ ferocity and cowardice often if not always go together how different was the behaviour of this savage brute from that of the usually timid deer under similar circumstances the wolf crouched down and would not even look at us pull him about and use him as we might whereas i never saw a deer that did not attempt to defend itself when brought to bay however severely wounded it might be on the first march one of our sledges that had been finished was tried and found to answer well the deer were now steadily migrating northward some being seen every day but there were none killed until the eleventh when one was shot by nibitabo it proved to be a doe with young the fetus being about the size of a rabbit the sun had so much power that my blankets by being exposed to the air got completely dried being the first time they had been free from ice for three months shortly after divine service on the fourteenth akiulik who had gone some days before to his father-in-law's to endeavour to reclaim his better half returned with his lost treasure one of the most lazy and dirty of the whole party and a most errant thief to boot two deer were shot on the fifteenth and two more on the eighteenth deer hunting had become very different from what it was in the autumn the greater part of the hollows which favoured our approach in the latter season were now filled up with snow which from wasting away underneath made so much noise underfoot that in calm weather it was almost impossible to get within shot 
the deer were besides continually moving about in the most zigzag directions and were so much startled at the report of a gun that it was evident they had been a good deal hunted during the winter on the twentieth nibitabo was affected with inflammation of the eyes which was relieved by dropping laudanum into them on the twenty-sixth we made a new water-hole on the lake when the ice was found to be six feet ten inches thick i measured the dimensions of an eskimo canoe and found them as follows length twenty-one feet breadth amidships nineteen inches and depth where the person sits nine and a half inches the timbers are one-half or five-eighths of an inch square and placed three inches apart near the centre of the canoe but gradually increased to five inches at each end the crossbars are three-quarters of an inch thick and a foot from each other these were mortised into gunwales two and a half inches broad by half an inch thick the whole being covered with seal-skin in the usual manner altogether it was much more neatly finished and lighter than any i had seen in hudson straits but the natives here have not attained the same dexterity in managing them as they cannot turn their canoes without assistance after being capsized on the thirty first ulibuck who had been absent all night came home at one p m very faint from the effects of a severe wound he had received on the arm by falling on a large dagger which he usually carried on cutting off his clothes i found the dagger had passed completely through the right arm a couple of inches above the elbow joint in the evening shimakuk who was a conjurer came in and as ulibuck wished to try the effect of his charms on the injured part i of course had no objections the whole process consisted in putting some questions the purport of which i could not learn to the patient in a very loud voice then muttering something in a very low tone and stopping occasionally to give two or three puffs of the breath on the wounded arm during these proceedings the men could with difficulty keep their gravity nor could i blame them for the scene was irresistibly ludicrous i observed that one of the conjurer's dogs was lame or rather very weak in the legs and on asking him the cause he said it arose from having eaten trout livers when young the latter part of the month of march was spent by the majority of the party in making preparations for our journey over the ice and snow to the northward it having been my intention to set out on first april but the accident to ulibuck prevented this as i did not wish to leave him until i saw his wound was in a fair way of healing ibitchuk our intended companion had not yet made his appearance on the third april the thermometer rose above zero for the first time since the twelfth december as the aurora was seldom noticed after this date i may here make a few remarks on this subject it was often visible during the winter and usually made its appearance first to the southward in the form of a faint yellow or straw-coloured arch which gradually rose up towards the zenith during our stay at fort hope i never witnessed a finer display of this strange phenomena than i had done at york factory nor did it on any occasion affect the horizontal needle as i had seen it do during the previous winter there the eskimo like the indians assert that the aurora produces a distinctly audible sound and the generality of orkneymen and zetlanders maintain the same opinion although for my own part i cannot say i ever heard any sound from it a fine display particularly if the movements are rapid is very often succeeded by stormy or snowy weather but i have never been able to trace any coincidence between the direction of its motions and that of the wind End of chapter five